And thank you all for being here today. As I mentioned earlier, we are about to begin a brand new message series, and I'm excited about this one. Um, this is one of those series that I've been wanting to do for a long time, just waiting for the right time, and the right time is finally now. And so we're going to get into it. Very excited about this. Uh, this series is called Unoffendable, and it is based on the book by Brant Hansen of the same name, Unoffendable. And so all the ideas that I'm going to share with you today, just so you know, they're not mine, okay? So if this stuff is going to make you angry, get angry at somebody else. In fact, that's, that's my motto. If you're going to be angry, get angry at somebody else, right? Not me. Um, but I do encourage you to pick up this book. It's a great read. Um, and like I said, I've been have, waiting to do this series, waiting to share this content with you. Very excited about this. And I thought I should tell you up front why we are doing this series. I'll tell you why. During the dark days of the pandemic, it occurred to me that we, Americans, are an easily offended people, right? Oh, look, everybody nodding right away. How about that, right? See, I'm not the first person to make that observation, and this is far from a new problem, but the height of the pandemic, there were so many things to complain about and so many things to get angry about, and people were so worked up about so many different issues, and I'm thinking, what is going on? We just seem to be triggered, offended by so many things. Now, maybe you're the exception to that, and I hope that you are, but here's the thing. For those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, for those of us who are Christians, when we get offended, it's, it's a real problem because our getting offended, our being offended, it's a liability. It gets in the way of our being able to love one another. And our carrying around this anger, this irritation, this outrage, this offense, it gets in our way of being able to share the gospel with other people. It's tough to love. It's tough to share the gospel with someone that you are offended by or angry with or irritated by or outraged with, right? It's just, it gets, it gets in the way. And so for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, we need to talk about this issue. We need to eliminate our being offended, our getting offended so, so easily. Uh, so if you're somebody, if you like feeling offended, um, if you like feeling outraged and irate and all that, um, you can take the next six weeks off, okay? And you can hold on to that anger. You can hold on to that outrage. You can hold on to your being offended. But for the rest of us, we're going to cover this content. We're going to take a look at it. And let me just tell you a little secret as we get started here. When we get all angry and worked up and offended, um, it reads as immature, doesn't it? And when you watch somebody freaking out or getting all upset or maybe they're ranting online or maybe they're ranting on person, do you think of that person as being, well, there's a mature, rational individual that I'd like to interact with? You really don't think that. It communicates a message that there's a lack of maturity and this is not someone I want to speak with. This is not someone that I really want to interact with. So we should get rid of this whole thing of, of being so easily, easily offended. Way back in June of 2006, I was working for uh, my first church, and we had started something on Thursday evenings. We were doing a little, like, mini worship service on Thursday evenings for people who would go out of town over the summer months. And so it was the very first Thursday evening worship service of that summer, and I was uh, preaching on the topic of anger. Now, full disclosure, I don't remember every sermon I've ever preached, okay? In fact, I've forgotten most of them, right? 
But I remember some details about this specific worship service because my future wife happened to be in the congregation that night. And after that worship service, I asked her out on our first date. So I remember some details about this specific service, right? This was an important date for me. And so I'm preaching on anger, and we're looking at this passage from the book of James, chapter 20. And in James, chapter 20, James tells us that a human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Other translations say, a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. And so we're talking about this passage, we're talking about the issue of anger, and I told a story, I told a story about um, watching a preacher on TV, and so I'm watching this preacher on TV, and this preacher said something that I thought was completely wrong. I mean, unbiblical, just completely wrong, and at the time, I was a, I think, second-year Bible student at a Bible college, and so you know how that is? Well, maybe you don't know how that is, you know what I mean? When you're in it right now, like, oh, I'm looking out. Where's the heresy? Where's, the, where's the, you know, the mistakes that other preachers are making? And so I'm watching this preacher on TV, and he said something that I thought was wrong, and maybe I was wrong. Maybe he actually was saying something right. Anyway, I interpreted what he was saying as wrong, and there I am by myself in my living room watching a preacher on TV and getting all kinds of angry over what he said. And so I shared that story with the congregation that evening, And then I asked them a question. It was a very casual service, even more casual than this. I asked them a question, and they could respond. I said, do you think it was right for me to get all angry over what that preacher said? Let me tell you, folks, the crowd was divided, right? It wasn't actually a crowd. It was like eight, maybe ten people. the, The modest gathering was divided, right? And some people said, yes, you had every right to be angry. Somebody's doing something wrong. Somebody's saying something wrong. Somebody's misrepresenting the Bible, misrepresenting God, misrepresenting Jesus. You have every right to be angry about that. Some people said, well, no, I don't think that was right to be angry. I don't think that was wise to be angry. And then somebody, the last comment of the evening before I moved on, somebody said, they raised their hand, they were quiet for a moment, and they said, I don't know. I don't know if you were right to be angry. I don't know if you were justified in being angry angry. There's this concept that Hansen identifies in his book that so many of us Christians, and it's not just a Christian thing, but let's talk about Christians for a moment. So many of us Christians, we seem to believe that there are different types of anger. And some types of anger, sometimes of out, some types of outrage are good, and some types of anger and getting all offended and worked up are, are bad. Right? We categorize these things. There are good types of anger, and there are bad types of anger. There's a good kind of anger. There's a bad type of anger. You know, you get upset at somebody because you're in traffic and they cut you off or whatever it is, and you get angry over that person. Well, that's, that's a bad kind of anger, right? That's, that's not what Jesus wants from us. It's bad to get angry over stuff like that. But what about where there's sin? If somebody's sinning, if someone's defying the Word of God, is that something we should get angry about? Well, sure, that's a good type of anger. Well, what about injustice? Some injustice is being committed. Shouldn't we be upset about that? And here's the the situation. We Christians, we have given ourselves permission to get offended. We have given ourselves permission to get angry over certain things. It's become a part of our Christian culture. In fact, I'll go a step further. Not only have we given ourselves permission to get angry, outraged, Offended. Not only have we given ourselves permission, but, but sometimes we feel like we're supposed to get angry. 
we are, as Christians, supposed to get offended over certain things. We create this, this, this kind of a dichotomy here. It's like if there's a sin happening, if there's some kind of sin issue, a sin, somebody in our lives is sinning, doing something that defies the word of God or with the will of God, if there's a sin happening, then we are supposed to get angry about it. Because if we're not angry about it, well, that must mean that we're condoning it, right? We feel that way. There's a sin happening. I'm supposed to be angry over the sin because if I'm not angry over the sin, it must mean that I'm condoning the sin. No. Why do we think that? Same with injustice. There's been an injustice. Something has happened that is wrong. I'm supposed to be outraged. I'm supposed to be offended. I'm supposed to be angry over injustice because if I'm not angry over injustice, I must be supporting the injustice. Says who? Why do we feel that way? And I'm not sure about what your background is or what you've been through or if you have church in your background or not, but so often we, we kind of get this impression. I don't know that it's ever taught to us, but we just walk around with the sense that we're supposed to be angry. As Christians, we are supposed to be offended, outraged, angry over certain things. Are we? That's the big question. Are we? One of the greatest films ever made is Batman Begins. I'm sure you'd all agree with that. Fantastic movie, um, starring so many wonderful actors. You've got Christian Bale, you've got Gary Oldman, you've got Liam Neeson. Um, it's fantastic. Listen, our church, we're a judgment-free zone, but if you've never seen that movie, I mean, what are you doing with your life? Go out and see this movie. It's fantastic, okay? But in this movie, Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale, is being trained by Henry Ducard, played by Liam Neeson. And he's learning how to fight. He's learning how to fight injustice because Bruce Wayne, let me tell you something about Bruce Wayne. He's angry over injustice. His parents have been murdered, and he wants to go back and fight that injustice because he is angry over this. And there's a line in that movie, and it's a fun line. And again, this is a fictional movie, I'm pretty sure. There's a fun line. As Henry Ducard is training Bruce Wayne, this is Liam Neeson, he says, Your anger gives you great power, but if you let it, it will destroy you. Your anger gives you great power, but if you let it, it will destroy you. That's a fun line. Isn't that fun? It's a dramatic concept in a fun movie. Is that true? I think he's only half right there. I mean, look, look at the second half of that statement. Your anger can destroy you. I absolutely agree with that. Your anger can destroy you. Absolutely. But the first half of that, your anger gives you great power? Does it? When has anger ever fueled something that's good or positive? It's like, yes, your anger is a source of strength, of power. That's a bunch of hooey, part of my language. (laughs) Anger being a source of power? Anger is a liability. Anger fogs our our ability to think rationally and and, uh, respond appropriately. Anger is not a source of power. It's a weakness. Being angry makes you less effective, not, not more. But we are so hardwired to believe that anger can be a good thing, that right now, at this very moment, some of you are arguing with me in your mind. Some of you want to disagree with me right now. Well, in some cases, anger is a good thing. Is it really? 
Is it really? Can you think of an example? Maybe some of you Christians are thinking about Jesus. What about Jesus, right? Didn't Jesus get angry? Didn't Jesus walk into the temple and turn over the tables of the money changers? Are you familiar with this story? Oh, man, it's really something. Jesus did this at least once, possibly twice, walks into the temple and sees injustice and sin happening, right? There were people who were um, selling sacrificial animals uh, to those who were visiting. They traveled from out of town. The Jews came from out of town. They traveled there to present their sacrifices to the Lord. Instead of bringing the sacrificial animal with them, they just bought them there at the temple. But if you buy it there at the temple, it's going to cost you more, right? It's like buying popcorn at the movie theater. It costs you more there, right? And so you had Jews ripping off their fellow Jews so they could make their sacrifices. People coming in and they had their own kind of currency. Well, you need to exchange your currency for temple currency, but <laughs> that's going to cost you. Jesus sees this sin. He sees this injustice. And he picks up some cords. And he makes a whip. Did you know this? And then he pulls an Indiana Jones and whoopsh, whoopsh, starts scattering all the tables, chasing out the money changers, yelling at them, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. and You've made it into this den of robbers. Whoa! You're telling me he wasn't angry when he did that? That was like just a little polite, fun thing. That, I mean, he's angry, right? So isn't anger a good thing? What about righteous anger, right? Righteous anger. Let me tell you something. I do believe there is such a thing as righteous anger. I do. But that righteous anger does not belong to you. Jesus is capable of possessing righteous anger. You are not, right? How many of you have one of those bracelets on the WWJD? Anybody have one of those on? There you go. I knew there'd be at least one, right? WWJD, right? You buy them from Oriental Trading. They cost five cents for 144, so you know they're good, right? You got, the, you got some extra. All right, we got some extra down here. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you know it? You've got two extra in your pocket. WWJD, by the way, I love that. What would Jesus do? To look down at your wrist and think, okay, in this situation, what would Jesus do? Here's the thing you need to keep in mind when you're asking yourself the question, what would Jesus do? Keep in mind that you're not him, right? What would Jesus do? Yeah, let's think about that. Maybe the better question to ask is, what would Jesus command me to do in this situation, right? I know that's too many letters. It's not going to fit on a bracelet, but maybe that's the better question. What would Jesus have me do in this situation? Because I'm not him. Jesus can have righteous anger. Can we? Now, for us, anger, it does, not, it does not lead to anything good. Now, you might be able to think of an example where somebody got angry over something and they went out and did something good, but the question is, did that anger actually help them do that good thing, or did it get in their way? I believe that a man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God, what God wants from us. And so to go back to that story, there it was, and it was 2006, and I'm preaching about anger to that large crowd of about 10 people, 8 to 12 people, whatever it was. And so after the service, uh, the senior pastor approaches me, and he says, you know, it was a good message, uh, but have you considered what Paul says in Ephesians about anger? I mean, there's this passage where Paul says, you know, be angry and yet do not sin, right? Be angry and do not sin. And I wasn't familiar with the passage he was referring to. And so, listen, I, I was the young guy. I was the junior guy. And so I just, 
listened and tried to receive that correction, even though I didn't completely understand the point that was being made. But, but I have heard that, that passage quoted since then. Ephesians, um, it's in your bulletin, Ephesians 4, 26. In your bulletin it says, in your anger do not sin. Other versions say, be angry and yet do not sin. And that's the whole concept that, yes, you can carry anger with you, right? As long as that anger does not cause you to sin. That's the concept that some of us Christians carry around with us. Right? In your anger, do not sin. So you can have it, right? You can have it. Just don't, don't allow yourself to sin because you're carrying that with you, right? Well, hang on a second. Is that what Paul's saying here? I don't think so. Because keep reading. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Our anger is a liability. And Paul isn't saying, I, really, I don't think, Paul isn't saying, hey, you can be angry as long as you don't sin. No, Paul's identifying the fact that you're going to get angry, but when you get angry, don't sin, and don't let the sun go down on your anger. Get rid of it, because if you're carrying anger around with you, you're inviting the devil into your life. You're giving the devil a foothold. Any rock climbers here? Any rock Nobody. You're giving the, de the devil a foothold, a way into your heart, a way into your life, a way to cause chaos and destruction. Don't carry it around with you. Get rid of it before the sun sets because it's not doing us any good. This whole idea of you can be angry and as long as you don't sin, it's okay to have your anger with you. I would just challenge you Christians, go to the Bible and find me an example of that. Show me where God says, no, it's cool. You can totally be angry. Show me where that's something good. Something good happens because a person is angry. A man's anger, I believe what James tells us, a person's anger, that does not produce good fruit. It does not produce the righteousness that God wants, the right way of living. It does not produce anything good. Our anger is a, a weakness. So my question for you to consider is where have you given yourself permission to be angry? Where have you given yourself permission to get offended? Oh, well, when it comes to stuff like this, I'm allowed to get offended. Where have you given yourself permission to be offended, to be outraged, to be angry? Getting offended, getting angry, it is an automatic response. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do today, right? If I say, okay, everybody, just stop being angry, all right? That's not a very practical advice. That's not a very practical instruction, right? It's just not. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. Just stop giving yourself permission to be angry. Stop excusing it, right? So when you experience, don't carry it with you. Well, it's okay if I'm carrying I'm going to give myself permission to be angry because this is something worth getting angry over, right? This was a personal attack. It's worth getting it. No, 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 no. Stop. Stop giving yourself permission to be angry. That's the first step in getting rid of it. Don't give yourself permission to be angry. We have been commanded by Jesus, our boss, our Lord, to love one another. Our anger, our getting offended, it gets in the way of our being able to love one another. It gets in the way. And we, when we allow ourselves to become offended, especially by people who aren't Christians, 
then we lose our ability to effectively share the gospel. And our offense, our offense, becomes a fence, becomes a barrier, a communication barrier, a love barrier. We are going to effectively love one another if we are going to effectively share the gospel with people outside of Christianity, then we need to become unoffendable. Let's pray on that. Jesus, you know our weakness. You know where we are. You know our hearts. You know what it is to be human. And there are things that can trigger each one of us, uh, sources of offense, uh, things that bother us, uh, sin issues, injustice issues, whatever it may be. There are things that come up in our lives, things that happen that cause us to feel that sense of offense, sense of anger and outrage. Father God, when we experience those emotions, I just pray that you would prevent us from allowing those emotions, prevent us from allowing those feelings to dwell in our hearts. Don't let us give ourselves permission to hold on to our anger. Let us get rid of it, God. Jesus, we want to be effective at doing what you have called us to do. We want to be able to love one another. We want to be able to share the gospel with those who have not yet heard it. And so, Father God, make us effective. Make us capable allow us to get rid of our anger and offense that we can do what you've called and created us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.